Don't you? Don't you love that, Kaylee? She loves it. Better get while the getting's good. You never know. She might be moving out of here for long. I don't know. I'm trying to pray to keep her around here. I don't know. Wouldn't it be good if she stayed around here? I believe that. Am I on, Brother Chris? All right. Does everybody hear me? Everybody out there online hear me? I'm sorry that you have to. Amen. I'm told I have a loud voice and uh, a booming loud voice. And there are some people here uh, tonight that I'm sure hears it more than they would like to. Would you open your Bible tonight to the book of Acts? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I want to deal, uh, finish up what we started on last Wednesday of talking about just keeping our church relationships. Church relationships. And um, I know this is Home Improvement Month, but we're talking about relationships Uh, You know, Sunday night I talked about uh, biblical uh, discipline, proper biblical discipline. I want to hopefully finish up on that this Sunday night and uh, then just preaching on various things to help our homes, relationships, like I said, wherever, uh, family. And of course, there's uh, outside of our church family, there's, or outside of our family, there's no other greater, I believe, institution in our life as our church family. Uh, we're all brothers and sisters. Aren't you glad you have brothers and sisters that don't live with you? They're here in church. We have brothers and sisters that uh, we call one another that because that's what we are. We're, uh, we're children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, that old song, I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God. How many of y'all are glad to be a part of the family of God? All right, so we're going to talk about that, how to be the best part of the family of God, how we can keep all these relationships right, because I'm going to be honest with you, you know as well as I do, sometimes it's challenging. And so let's look at it in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the Bible says, and they continued, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Heavenly Father, we do ask you tonight to do what only you can. Speak to our hearts and help us. Use your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Keeping our church relationships. Think about this is the early church. This is where it all began. And really, I said this last week, but uh, relationships are what life is really what it's all about. Is relationships. You think about it, uh, most important thing, it's the balance of life. Um, if uh, I, I believe relationships in this life, our marriage relationships, our family relationships, our church relationships, there's nothing, no other factor in life that will produce more stress, more hurt, uh, but it can also provide so much fulfillment, joy, and happiness, and satisfaction. But that all depends on how our relationships are, how they are maintained. And so we're talking about this in the church realm. 
And uh, we understand that there's nothing that will bring more joy than what happens in our relationships, including ours here at church, our church family. So in context of this passage, if you want to consider the relationships of being a part of a local church, what we have the benefit of being, you know, we have an opportunity to form real genuine friendships here. We are in, um, it enables us to bear each other's burdens. I shared this with you last week. We can build a prayer network, which we do. And then we also know that it places under the spiritual protection of leaders. And I talked about all of this. And these might be things that people don't think about. What is the benefit of being a part of a local church family? But these are just a few. So we talked to you about what are some things that can help produce and to keep our relationships in church properly. We just took it right here in the passage. We looked at number one, steadfast. The Bible said in verse 42, they continue steadfast. We have to be committed, church, to God's word. We've got to be committed to gather together, and we've got to be committed to godly conduct. And we talked about all this last week. And then I want you to notice, great friendships are those in which each friend strengthens the other one. And we have a great opportunity to do that here as a church family. So it takes steadfastness. It takes us to continue to be committed, to be committed. And so we ought to be committed. By the way, a church family, and people that when we attend a church, when we belong to a church, I want you to know, if a, if a member is not committed to the church, to be quite honest with you, that's very difficult. Uh, what, we, what every church, and I believe the Lord desires for every Christian, is for us to be committed to the, the Lord's work, because you, you tell me, if someone's not committed, it's like a bone out of joint. If we can't, if we can't Depend upon, let's just say that every once in a while, my knee just didn't want to work. And they just didn't want to, it just didn't want to show up. Well, that's a problem for me because if my body's going to work properly, that knee, I expect that knee to work. It's the same in the church. When we don't have commitment in the Lord's work and in the family of God and in our church families, I'm going to tell you all something right now. Somebody's going to pick the load up. Amen? And so commitment, we ought to be committed to the Lord's work. That's continuing. And then I want you to notice this. They were sensitive. This is some of the things that we can deal with here. How can we strengthen our relationships here at church? Think about being sensitive. Notice in verse 44 and verse 45, they were sensitive to each other's needs. That's a good thing. And uh, I, I told you this last week. They were gracious towards one another. You know, a godly friend... And a church member, a church family, a brother and sister in Christ, we ought to desire God's very best for others. God's very best. Um, I did a podcast today, and I did it on love, the greatest, because the Bible says, now abideth love, hope, and charity, and, or uh, faith, hope, and charity, and the greatest of these is, is charity. And I was talking about, there's a part there where it talks about love is, it envieth not. It envieth not. And that doesn't mean that you, you don't, I'm, I'm going to teach y'all something here tonight. It doesn't mean that you're not jealous. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. God says he's a jealous God. It, he loves us so much, he doesn't want us going after something that's not beneficial to us. What that means is love is envieth not. Let me put it in this, in this instance. I'm a pastor. If I love another pastor and I love another church, if I truly love that pastor in that church, I'm not going to envy him or that church if God blesses it. 
True love doesn't envy of someone else. Well, I tell you what, I don't know why that wasn't me. Well, my goodness, if the Lord blesses your spouse, you ought to love her or him so much, you just thank God he blessed him. You don't envy. And a real friend that truly loves, you're not envying because they've been blessed. You're not envying them. Well, what about me? Why didn't I get that? That's not love. That's not a real friend. A real friend wants the best for one another. Amen? And a church family ought to love one another in such a way that, look, I might not get blessed. Hey, I might not. (laughs) I better not say that. Y'all don't need to be playing the lottery anyway. Hey, I might not win the lottery, but you should. I'm going to be jealous because you won the lottery. By the way, I'm not promoting you. ought not be playing the lottery. But I'm just saying, well, I'll tell you right now, here's what they do. Here's sometimes, well, did you see so-and-so? They got them another new car. Well, here's what we say. Well, I wonder how much that put them back. Well, it would be the same amount it puts you back that you if you had to buy it. It'd be the same. You know, it's kind of funny in the ministry, man. It's always funny. It's kind of funny. If anybody ever says anything about my clothes, oh, I got this for $4. It's like instantly I got to tell people how much I paid for it. Do y'all feel that way? I don't know about y'all, but I feel that way because I'm a pastor. People, oh, I tell you right now. Well, this is a hand-me-down. I don't know. Do y'all do that? I mean, instantly, I immediately, you know, and then one day if I ever drove here to Cadillac, I could just imagine what everybody would say. Oh, I'll tell you right now, we're paying him too much. Now, y'all know what I'm talking about, too, but I'm going to be honest with y'all. If y'all drove up here in a Cadillac, I'd be thankful that you were able to do it. If y'all got, and by the way, I don't pay attention what kind of clothes you have, but if I did, if you got a new wardrobe, I'm going to tell you this, praise the Lord, God bless you. I'm glad you got to. If Scotty Gilly bought him a brand new bass boat this week, I'm going to be thankful for it. Amen? I always um, put in these raffle things. I mean, I don't pay for them, but like, you know, you do these drawings. I do them all the time on, you know, I do Drake waterfowl, and I love Drake clothing. I love the hunting clothing for the for deer. And I always, if they get a, a, a drawing or something, man, I'm always putting like two or three of them in there. Because, man, I would love to win a $10,000 shopping spree. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. If one of y'all bought if one of y'all want it, hey, I'd be thankful for y'all. All I'd ask is, could you give me 100 Now, what I'm talking about here is in a church, look, I've seen this stuff destroy church families. Somebody getting jealous of somebody else because they got to. By the way, um, if there's any children here in this church, whether they're yours or one of the bus children, I'm going to be honest with you. I want them all to be blessed. I really do. And that's what he's talking about here. We want to be gracious towards one another. We want to be generous towards one another. Uh, Generosity impelled the early Christians to sell their goods and to meet their other needs. Think about that. I mean, having garage sales, yard sales, giving things, I mean, selling things just to meet the other's needs of the people in the church. That's what we just read. No wonder the early church was so impactful. No wonder it was so influential. No wonder that God used it. No wonder those relationships were strong because I want to tell you something they were sensitive to one another they were gracious towards one another they were generous towards one another now I want to give y'all homework tonight 
or maybe not homework, but let me just, you be honest about it. How sensitive are you to other people in our church? Now, I want you to think about that. Now, here's one of the killers, because I'm going to tell you, if we read this passage, the Bible says, and they sold their possessions and goods. Well, first they said, and they all believed were together and had all things common. Then it said that they were even selling their goods so they could meet the needs of other people. So here's what I want to say. Here's one of the killers of us not being sensitive and gracious and generous to our family members. Now I'm just going to tell you. And, and I love y'all and y'all love me. But I'm going to tell you a killer is if you or I always have our eyes on just what we don't have or what we're not getting, or if we're always in trouble, or we're always the one that's in a bad way, we will never care or see that anybody else could be in worse shape than us. And I can promise you, I don't know everything involved in this room. I know a lot. I don't know everything that's involved in the people over here, but there are obviously things that I'm privy to of burdens and things that are people are carrying. And I want you to know something. There are many of them carrying them a lot heavier than us. And we ought to be sensitive to that. We ought to be sensitive. Let me just ask this. How discerning are you? For instance, I'm going to be honest. Just Brother Wayne tonight. Just his spirit and his attitude towards his wife. I realize Miss Karen's sick. And we really all need to be much in prayer for her. And I'm going to be honest. I think she ought to get bombarded with cards just because of tonight. We ought to be sensitive. Now sometimes it takes us a little bit to pick up on things. But when we pick up on things, what do we do about it? Look, there are people in this church, they'll never stand behind this pulpit. They'll never teach a Sunday school class. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have been driving in my truck, driving around this valley, and I'll be driving past a house to somebody in our church or somebody that's not been here long enough or long ago, or it's been a while since they've been, they've been not able to go out, maybe they've been sick. And I've seen people in our church that are getting food and getting stuff out of their car and taking it to those people, but they'll never stand behind this pulpit and preach. But I'm going to tell you something right now. They are being sensitive and God is using them because they love and care for the people right here. I've done it many times. I've drove in this valley and I have been going somewhere and I just happen to look and there's someone in our church that's not been able to come to church and there'll be somebody pulling out or getting out or actually carrying some food. I just seen it the other day. I watched one of our ladies the other day. I was pulling on Angela Lane. First house on the left. As I pulled through to go home, I see one of our ladies walking out and she had a casserole of some time, kind of taking it into somebody that hadn't been here in a while. And I thought, God bless her. God bless her. Thank God that she's sensitive enough to realize that she can look around and someone's not been here in a while. She said, what can I do to be a blessing? What can I be? What can I do to be an encouragement? I'm going to tell you something, church. That is a blessing. And that's being sensitive. That's being gracious. That's being giving to one another. The early church was powerful because they were sensitive to one another. God used them in a special way. I mean, as I read that, I get convicted. They had all things in common. And number two, when's the last time you or I have gotten a garage sale up and everything we made in that garage sale, we gave it to somebody in our church that was in need? Pretty convicting, isn't it? That's what they did. 
You talking about love and you talking about appreciation and you talking about a strength there in a family relationship. I'm going to tell you, I guarantee you, they had a bond that couldn't be broke because God was working in these people's hearts. And that ought to be the way Tiftonia Baptist Church family is. We ought to be steadfast. We ought to be sensitive. We ought to be gracious toward one another. We ought to be generous one toward another. Relationships need to be strengthened. They need to be protected. We need to be committed. We need to be sensitive. And then quickly, I'm going to, I say quickly, but I want to close with this. Not only were they sensitive and steadfast, here's something else that's going to help our relationships here at the church to stay strong. They had singleness of heart. The Bible said in verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord. That's unity. That's being singleness of heart. Now, picture a people of all different backgrounds, of all different flavors, of all different likes, of all different preferences, you look at this group of people and they, the Bible says they were of all one accord. You picture a people that were unified. They were unified. They were not putting on. They weren't putting on. You ever heard people say, oh, they're just putting on? They really don't feel that way. They're just putting on. No, this group of people wasn't putting on. Bible said they were in one accord. Now look, this is why church family is so important. We cannot unify on our preferences. You know why? Because every one of us have different preferences. So we can't unify. Now some of us might unify. How many of y'all like Chevys? Would you raise your hand? You like Chevys? Anybody like Chevys? Okay, well there's about three or four of you that can unify in Chevys. The rest of us aren't unified with you. And somebody said dogmatically, amen. So see, people want to unify around that stuff and it don't work because that's a preference. And by the way, you're not wrong by liking Chevys. That's your preference. I mean, I've been around people like, oh, if you don't do it exactly the way I do it, you're wrong. Well, wait a minute. I didn't know that was in the King James. No, there's, there's preferences. By the way, we can't unify as a church found these preferences. How many of y'all like uh, sauerkraut and wieners? Y'all like sauerkraut and wieners? Y'all need to get right with God. That's the only food I know. Of course, I can't even eat it now and I can't even taste it. But see, you're not wrong for liking sauerkraut and wieners. I was just joking. How many of y'all, what is the, what is the sandwiches called that are sauerkraut? Reuben's. Just the, the sound of that. But some of y'all like Rubens. I can't stand Rubens. And look here, I can't unify with you on that because you like Rubens. So see, here's why so many people, they get in these cliques and they try to unify on these preferences. And you know what? I've learned through the years, my preferences has changed. So we can't unify on likes, preferences. We can't. What is our common denominator? The Lord Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't have to put on. They really cared for one another. And no matter what our preferences are, no matter what we like, what we don't like, where we like to eat, where we don't like to eat, it don't matter. We ought to care and love for one another for Jesus. Amen. So see, here's what unity requires. If we're going to keep our relationships strong here at this church, I'm just going to be honest with you. Unity requires constant 
effort. You know why? Because it don't just happen. I've been in church services and church family long enough. I've been in it all my life. Even as a boy. Even as a boy. I could tell there was some women in our church in Hinton. They wasn't real easy to get along with. And I'm going to say this. I think most of them's in heaven now. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I was just a boy. I was dumb as a rock, but I was just, man, I don't know about all that. And so you say, well, I'll tell you right now, I don't care about it. Well, if you don't care about your relationships, then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're not just going to stay strong, us not trying. <laughs> Here's, let me tell you what they require. Can I just give you a few things? Let me tell you what's going to require if we're going to have the right kind of relationships here and we're going to stay unified. Number one, it's going to take work. It's going, it's going to take effort on your part, and it's going to take effort on my part. I'm going to tell you why. Because there are days we rub each other the wrong way. There are days I come in here and I've got the feelings on my sleeves. There are days I have to understand, hey, maybe somebody might just not be in the mood today. Hey, somebody might not be in the mood for that today. Hey, I could, I'm sensitive to that person. I've got a little bit of discernment. Something's going on with that person today, and so I need to require little bit of work here to make sure that I'm a blessing to them and not a bother to them. See, it takes great effort. Every relationship takes great effort. If you let your relationships just go, they're going to go. You have to put effort in it. They were working hard to keep their relationships right because they were in one accord. They wanted to stay unified. And our church must stay unified. It's going to take great effort. Number two, y'all ready? It's going to take humble hearts. Because I can promise y'all right now, I can promise you right now, if you're not careful, you can get hurt right here in the church family. You know why? Well, I'll tell you right now, they didn't ask me. Well, they didn't choose me. They didn't say my name. Listen to me. People are, look, my mind's fickle. The older I get, my goodness, I'm just glad I ain't forgot my name. And I know, I'm telling y'all right now, I tell y'all, if y'all want me to announce anything, don't, I'm telling you, I'm telling y'all now, don't just come up to me before the service and say, hey, so-and-so, can you say, because I'm going to tell y'all something, if I don't write it down, I will forget from that pew to here. So if y'all want me to remember and to announce it, I'm telling you, put it on paper. Because I learned this a long time ago, a short pencil is better than a long memory. But I'm just going to say, if we're going to keep our relationships here, then each one of us, it requires us to keep our own hearts humble. Number three, y'all ready? This is real deep now. <laughs> you got to keep some thick skin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you're going to be in any relationship at all, you're going to have, some th- you're going to, have to have some thick skin about you. You know why that's true? Because people are human and sometimes they're not always going to be the most endearing, but that doesn't mean that they're mad at you. And sometimes things aren't always said like they should be said or sometimes they're not even meant the way we take them and if we're not careful, we can be offended so easily. We've got to have thick skin. But let me just say this, have and keep a tender heart. I've learned one thing about ministry. 
If you're going to be in the ministry, you're going to be a part of a church family, you're going to be involved, it requires two things, a thick skin but a tender heart. And then lastly, under that, the unity requires, if we're going to stay unified, I'm going to tell you what's going to be a must. You must be willing to forgive. You must be. Because if you think you've just joined or been a part of the most perfect church, you haven't. Somebody is going to hurt you. I have not been in a church in my whole life that it has been a lock in there in that building or in those working together or serving together that someone has not got hurt. I'll never forget it. Years ago, and I love this man. He's a good man. One of my dearest friends, he came up to me in West Virginia. Something had happened years ago. And he come up to me. He said, Pastor Mark, he said, I just want you to know something. He said, I'm struggling with something. And I could tell he was trying to be sensitive about it. And I said, he said, it was something that happened a long time ago with my daughter, with a family in this church. I said, okay. And he said, here recently, it's just been getting on me. He said, it's been all brought back up. And he said, it's been getting on me. And I said, well, listen. I said, here's what you're going to have to do. I said, then you're going to have to go to him. I said, you're either going to have to go to them and you're going to have to let them know that this is where it's at. Give them an opportunity to tell you that they're sorry. You're going to have to go to them. If that's what you feel like you're going to need, you're going to have to go to them and then you're going to put yourself at their mercy because what if they don't tell you they're sorry? All right, I said, number two, you could just forgive them anyhow. I said, you could forgive them anyhow, even if they don't tell you they're sorry. And I said, no, I can't tell you what to do. But I said, I'll tell you what the easiest would be to do. Just go ahead and for Jesus Christ's sake, forgive them. Now, I never spoke to that man again about that subject. But I know he never went to that family. And I can promise you this, I know that man was not full of bitterness either. So I know what he did. And I'm going to be honest with you. We have to be willing to forgive. And again, that's not something we do on our own. That is not normal to do on our own. You know why? We don't want to forgive. Our flesh doesn't want to forgive. Our old nature doesn't want to forgive. No, that has to be spiritually enabled The Lord himself, the Holy Spirit of God, has to enable us to forgive and to do it. But we must be willing to forgive, especially in a church setting. You understand? I'm going to tell you why. The daily grind of life and ministry and as much working parts here at this church, I'm going to guarantee you right now, it can take a toll on your relationships. It can take a toll on your feelings and emotions if you're not willing to forgive. Can I get a witness? Can I ask y'all a question? Would you be honest? How many of y'all have ever been hurt or bothered through a church? Somehow through that, you've had had to deal with something to where you've had to forgive. Would you raise your hand? About everybody here. 
So unity requires constant effort. And then I'm going to close tonight. Unity results in an effective witness. I want you to think about this a minute with me tonight. Christians that are real. I mean, this group of people that we just read about here. They're in one accord. They have all things common. They love and care and generous and gracious enough to one another that they're selling stuff so they can help each other just like it would be their own family. There's a lost world watching these people. There is a lost world watching these people and seeing what these people are doing. And there is a world that is watching us and what a witness. Think about it. Do you know what was going on during this time? This was not a, this was not a time where it was a real good time for Christians. Political scene wasn't the best. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, under the Roman rule, there was a lot of things going on. And so here's what I'm saying. They were doing this even when times were difficult. Can you imagine the witness? Can you imagine how real the world, people that didn't go to church, people that didn't know God, when they seen this group of people loving one another like this and unified like this, can you imagine they said, man, these people are real. How do we know they're real? Because it's difficult out here and look what they're doing. They're still real even when it's hard. Here's another thing. The world's watching. I'm going to tell you something else they watch. Here's another thing. They're going to say, man, you know that group down there goes, it don't seem like they ever hold grudges. They're not trying to get even with one another. They don't ever put anything up on Facebook. Boy, I hate them Facebook posts. They, don't y'all like them ones where them people, they, you know, that's one thing I hate about social media it gives people a platform that ain't got no business having a platform. And I say the word ain't. They ain't got no business having a platform. And all they do is they throw out those hard, harsh, nasty words and they throw it out there and they can, in just seconds, they can cast doubt on people's character. For the whole public. And see what they do? Is they put that out there in the court of public opinion. And man, when you put something out there in the court of public opinion, next thing you know, you got an axe murder on your hands when it's all said and done. But I just say, you say, Pastor, is it important that we don't grind axes with people on Facebook and on social media? Absolutely. Why? Because there's a lost world watching that. What a witness here. Think about it. Think about it. Right here in the middle of all this. He said, man, these people down there at Tiftonia, they don't, they don't, they're not keeping score down there. They're not holding grudges. Did you see? They had a Roman cell the other day, and they took care of some all that whole family's needs in the church. I want to tell you what, I think we ought to go down there and just see what all that bunch of people's about. See, unity results in an effective witness. You don't have to put on. If you're real, people are going to know it. You can't fake that. Let me tell you. Hey, by the way, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some people that's got the real thing. Because you know what? The way we believe affects our behavior. Y'all believe that? I do. See, 
When people see real love, they see real unity in God's people. I'm going to tell you right now, what an effective witness. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I think it was. I won't mention names. But I think someone in this church, and I could be wrong. I know I've heard it. I think someone, might not have been here, but I remember someone telling me that the first time they attended a church, they had a business meeting and some people got in a fight during the business meeting. They got in an argument in the business meeting and there was visitors there. And I thought, dear God, help us. And it might not have been here, but somebody, and someone told me and said, and look, and here's what they said. said, did you think we ever wanted to go back there? Well, I don't really blame them. Do you? If they ain't got enough sense to not have a fight in the business meeting if visitors are there, I mean, we can't be in our best behavior during that when visitors are here. What do you expect? I mean, even when I was a boy, here's what it was at the house, man. If we had people coming to the house, mom, I mean, she, she, she would set us down. She's now, listen, y'all know what I'm talking about? Listen. So-and-so's going to be here. You're, you all, Mark, you're always, you've always been a good boy, but you're going to be a better one. <laughs> Y'all didn't even catch that. Y'all heard what she said. She said, you're the greatest kid. You just need to be better. Y'all know I'm being funny. She said, Mark, we've got company coming, so what do we do? We, we be a what? What our best behavior. And you know what? I'm going to have to say this. I've never worried about our church being on their best behavior because I think we're on our best behavior every Sunday. I've never been embarrassed to invite somebody to come here to church. Have you? That'd be a shame if we was too scared to invite somebody here. We was afraid how they were going to be treated. But I thank God. Let's continue to keep unity. How many of y'all like to be together? Does anybody here like fussing and fighting? If you do, you need to come on up here to the altar. We'll pray with you tonight. Let's keep it good. Let's keep it unified. Let's just stay all in tune with one another. I'm going to quit. How many of y'all love the Andy Griffith Show? I love the Andy Griffith Show. Y'all know that uh, episode where they had that choir singing? And you know, Barney was going to help the choir leader. And uh, there was somebody in that choir that wasn't singing in tune with everybody else. Y'all know which one I'm talking about? And it was something about springtime. It was that same line. I can hear it now. And Barney kept walking around. He kept trying to tell the choir guy, you know, who the one is. But to come to find out, it was him. He was the one out of tune. Yeah, that's a good one. But look, when somebody's out of tune, it affects the whole church. So let's just stay in love with one another. Amen? Is this love month? Then that means we can stay in love with our church family. Amen? How many of y'all love your church family? If you love your church family, why don't you stand to your feet? And how many of you would love to go home tonight? We're going to pray and close in prayer. Brother Cobby, would you close in prayer? God bless you.